Hi, welcome to James Miller Lifeology, where you learn to simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. My name is James Miller. I'm a licensed psychotherapist and a composer. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Let's get started. Did you know that on jamesmillerlifeology.com, you can enroll in the academy I created for listeners just like you? I've created courses you may take at your own pace, which will help you simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. Enroll in one of the classes today. I have a great show for you today. I'm going to show you how your body always gives you clues to your well-being. I'll also be interviewing author and yoga instructor Cindy Warren, who reviews her book, Radiate, Using the Practice of Yoga to Cultivate Your Inner Shine. This book gives you the insight and knowledge of how yoga can help you live your best life. For more information about Cindy, please visit yoga8book.com. That's yoga8book.com. You may also purchase her book on Amazon or in the store at jamesmillerlifeology.com. I have some exciting news. Did you know that I'm on the radio three times a week? You may hear me on the same station on Tuesdays at 1.30 p.m., Fridays at 9.30 a.m., and Saturdays at 12.30 p.m. You may also hear me anytime on iHeartRadio as well as on all the other major podcasting platforms, including iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and many others. Simply search for the show name, James Miller Lifeology. Are you struggling today to find your purpose? Has mediocrity set in and you can't imagine doing the same thing for the rest of your life? Are your relationships struggling or you aren't sure how to make long lasting changes in your life? Then today, contact me, James Miller. I will help you recognize the areas in your life that are going really well. And then we'll look at the areas in which you are struggling. We will create actionable solutions to help you create long lasting changes in your life. You don't have to do this alone. Go to my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com and click on the page, work with James. Fill out the form and it will be sent directly to me. Don't let another day go by without finding your way. Your change can start today. Once again, go to my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com and click on the page, work with James. Fill out that form to get started today. Your body always gives you clues to your well-being. In psychology, we teach that whatever you perceive to be true, in other words, your thoughts determine what you feel. What you feel determines what your body does. It's really important to remember that because if you find that you're going throughout your day and all of a sudden you're angry at someone around noon and you express that anger through yelling around four o'clock, well, unfortunately, you didn't realize that you're carrying all of that frustration with you for those four hours. One thing I always have people do is check in with themselves. And what I mean by that is this. On a scale of one to 10, you want to create two scales. And in those scales, you want to separate between what your body feels like. In other words, what your physical health is versus what your emotions are like. Because if you can determine what your emotions feel like, you'll find that you're expressing those emotions through your body. For example, on a scale of one to 10, I'm feeling about an eight. I feel really good. I got some good rest and I'm able to tackle the day. And from an emotional standpoint, I'm probably about a five. When I review my day today, I realize that I may be struggling with some internal things and I can demonstrate that by how I talk to the people around me. If I'm finding I'm being short with people or I'm not fully paying attention to people, Well, that's one way for me to recognize that I'm struggling with something. So one thing I'd like for you to do is to create those scales for yourself. Sometimes you can randomly create those scales throughout your day. And when you look at what your body feels like, if you know that physically your body is fine, but you're reacting in a way that's not quite congruent with the situation, the more than likely your body is demonstrating what your emotions are feeling like. And when you can recognize what your emotions are, then you can link it back to your thoughts. What am I thinking about? Is my subconscious thinking about something that happened four hours ago? And if it is, why am I still thinking about it? Does it need to affect me right now? 
Another way to look at that is this. We actually have three brains. We have our logical brain, which is our cranium between our ears. And then we have our heart brain. And then we have our gut brain. And what I mean by that is this. Those three brains, if you will, determine how we make decisions. Our logical brain, of course, uses the logic to determine what is healthiest for us. Our heart is a part of us that says, yes, you can do this. And our gut brain tells us no. In other words, if you look back on your life, you often say, oh, I had a feeling I shouldn't have done something, or I knew something was wrong. I just felt it in my gut. That's really your body telling you what you should or shouldn't do. One thing I always tell people is if you are making a decision and if you find that in your stomach, there's any type of feeling that's really your subconscious telling you don't move forward or think through every single element of your decision. And then when you feel that no feeling, think that through to determine what you're supposed to do. So if you're making a decision, of course, your heart is going to say, yes, do it. But if you feel anything in your stomach, it's telling you not to do it. And once you're able to really recognize that and listen to your gut feeling, then your logical mind can kick in and determine what is healthiest for you. So the great thing about this is your body will always give you clues. You're going to hear a great interview with Cindy Warren, who talks about how yoga itself really helps people tap into what their body is telling them. So listen to that. These are some great techniques she's giving you. And hopefully you'll be able to look at your life in a different way. You'll be able to recognize what your body's telling you to work backwards, to determine what you're feeling, to determine what you're thinking about. Your thoughts will always dictate the success of your life. A quick example of one of the courses you'll find in the academy entitled Spirit, Mind, Body, The Perfect Triad. This non-religious course helps you understand how your intuition, or rather your gut, your logic, and your body all work together to help you overcome any obstacle you may face. Enroll in the class If you believe that yoga is just what happens in a yoga mat in a one and a half hour session of Downward Dog and Child's Pose, then you're missing out on something much more. My guest today is Cindy Warren, who reviews her book, Radiate, Using the Practice of Yoga to Cultivate Your Inner Shine. This book gives you the insight and knowledge of how yoga can help you live your best life. Welcome to my show, Cindy. Thank you so much, James. It's such a pleasure to be with you. I am looking forward to this interview. I know a lot of people who do yoga are be like, oh my gosh, yes, I can't wait to talk about this because we know how important yoga is. So this is going to be an awesome show today. I'm excited. Now you're actually not a yoga teacher by, I shouldn't say by training because obviously you're trained, but that wasn't your primary role in life. What were you, or what is your primary role? I'm a lawyer and I've been practicing law for more of, geez, more than two decades already, two and a half decades. And I have was a practitioner and kind of a voracious student of the practice yoga for well over a decade before I even thought about trying my hand at hmm. Yeah. And that's, and that's interesting because, you know, you look at your, at your law, your, your law practice and, you know, you have so many things that you do. So many people are relying on you. And opposite of that is you get your stress relief, uh, you know, the stress relieving component of that through yoga. So this is, it's great to see how someone as prolific as yourself gets to decompress with yoga. So this is, uh, it makes sense that you would write a book about this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I really just became kind of obsessed with yoga for a long time and studied and learned as much as I could. And like you said, it's absolutely provided me with so many skills that are the antidote to my law profession and other stressors in life that we all have. Uh, It's been a beautiful part of my own journey. Was there anything specific that says, I really need to get into yoga or or really became just the, the focal point of your life? I would say it was somewhat of a gradual process. I was initially drawn to the practice because I loved the physicality of it and the Mm -hmm. great 
workout and the physical results. And then it wasn't too long, probably within the first few months of a dedicated physical practice, the light went off. Mm. Oh, I feel better mentally and emotionally after yoga. And I come home nicer and more loving and more present. <laughs> I started to connect those dots and began to do a little bit of a deeper dive. Yeah. And I'm sure a lot of people around you are like, thank God she needs to do more yoga because she's <laughs> more calm. I'm just kidding. Exactly. I don't know if that's true. My husband, my daughter, they're like, go, go to yoga. <laughs> what happened for you to say, you know what, I'm going to write a book about this. I have a lot of knowledge. I'm going to go ahead and write a book. It almost sort of came to me suddenly. A friend said to me one day, you know, you should think about writing a book. And that planted a little seed. Mm -hmm. I had been so immersed as a student for so long that when I thought about it and came up with the idea for the book, it just seemed so natural. I had amassed all this information just because I wanted to know it. Then I amassed even more information because I wanted to teach it. And it seemed like the natural next step in my evolution. Yes, exactly. Now, switching gears here a little bit, I know a lot of people who hear about yoga, for whatever reason, they think it's something that's very religious or they think of it something that is, um, how would I say, that is not, not as practical or not as healthy as it could be. Do you have any idea of why those thoughts may be or why those the stereotype may be out there? I do have some thoughts on that. I think in some ways, yoga is portrayed in our social media and major media outlets as something that really is just the physical practice and is about postural prowess and achievement, if you will. And those things are actually quite antithetical to the yoga philosophy. Mm -hmm. So I think the philosophy has gotten lost a lot in modern postural sure. yoga. And that's, that's one of the reasons that I wanted to write the book. Yeah, you know, I'm thinking for myself, and some of my listeners may or may not know this, but I started yoga, gosh, back in 2008, and I was actually going through some difficult things in my life, and I started Bikram Yoga. That was the first class I did, and so they had an introductory course for five sessions uh, for like a week, or no, it was uh, seven sessions for a week, and I ended up doing five sessions in a row, and I remember the first session I did, and I, <laughs> I was like, okay, this is, you know, it's yoga, whatever. I'd never done it before. My gosh, it was hard. So it was an hour and a half of 105-degree temperature um, class and but I realized how obviously about how physical it was but the part that was the most I was I guess impressive or impressioned impressionable for myself was the part after you you lie down you go to the standing series which I think is like an hour and then the, the prone series which is a half hour but in that meantime they had the the shavasana or the, the the lying down pose and in that moment I was so overwhelmed with so much emotion that I just <laughs> surprisingly I started to cry and I was like what is this about and it was such a moving moment for me and from then on I was hooked I was immediately hooked on the Everything in my life, you know, I can do all these different things, but just the release of all the toxins in my body, the release of all the different energy in my body, and just to let it go, it, it literally changed my life. And so for me, I'm a huge proponent of yoga. That's something I really like to do as well. So I really want to jump into some of the things that you talk about in your book um, about how yoga can really just help you live your best life. So one of the things you talk about is how to detox and clear your body of illness and pain. How does that make sense in yoga? Yoga is so much, I love the story you just described, oh, James, <laughs> and I can relate. I've had many moments like that. <laughs> have moments like that. Yeah. The body holds on to trauma, emotion, negativity, and yoga is not just a physical practice of exercise. It is also an energetic practice mm -hmm. where things are brought to the surface 
and we feel them and then we can heal them by letting them go. Yes. So, so you may have tried, I know I have, maybe some of your listeners have tried shoving down difficult emotions and that tends not to work. It's almost like you're poisoning yourself when you try not to address the difficulties of your either your inner life or something happening outside of itself. Because it's going to come out eventually, regardless if we plan on it or not. It's, you know, displaced emotions are always, always uh, you know, prevalent in our life. Exactly, exactly. And the way it often comes out is through inflammation in the body, which leads to disease. Mm-hmm. So that way, yoga is very healing. Yoga also really taps into the nervous system of the practitioner. So those of us that are like lawyers, for example, have a high-stress life, a high-stress career, maybe even a high-stress relationship or family life, you tend to be in the sympathetic nervous system too much, which Mm -hmm. is where the hormone cortisol is released into the bloodstream. It's called fight or flight. Mm -hmm. Lots of inflammation and health problems. Yoga, and not just physical yoga, practices like breath work and meditation, um, can also enable the body to switch into the parasympathetic sympathetic nervous system, otherwise known as rest and digest. Mm -hmm. And it is really the antidote to the flood of cortisol in the system. Yeah, it's, it's really true. It's, um, yeah, it's, you know, sometimes people are like, well, how does that even make sense? But if you've never done yoga before and you've, you've not really kind of gotten lost in it, it, it is kind of hard to, to understand maybe what you're saying because you think, well, it's just all you're doing is just holding poses. So you're just, you know, in a downward dog pose. You're doing just something as simple as that. But yeah. it's really the combination of the different asanas, of the different um, poses altogether, which creates that release of the toxins in one's body. Exactly. And I would just add to that coupled with the breath. Yes, so we, yes. we learn to move with our breath and bringing on that breath awareness and breath control is really key to shifting the nervous system. And I think that's one of the things many people just forget about is in, in my field, of, you know, in psychology, we have what's called diaphragmatic breathing. And, and that's actually used in many different types of fields. But diaphragmatic breathing is just simply the ability to, to breathe in a way that's, that's the deepest you can go and the exhalation is as forceful as possible. And when you do those types of things, it, re, it obviously it removes the carbon dioxide from your body, it re- removes some of the nitrogen from your body. And so a lot of people who struggle from anxiety don't realize that they're actually not breathing as deeply as I could or exhaling as forcefully as I could to get out a lot of those toxins that's in the body. So not only do you have just the diaphragmatic breathing, um, but you also have with yoga, you also have the, the movement and the stretching and the and the constriction of the muscles, which then allows for those toxins to also flood out of the body as well. So that's a beautiful thing as far as the breathing and as far as the, the, the poses that um, happen in yoga, because it, it's almost like a, a culmination of, of this, the, the, the symphony if you will, (laughs) of just the release of all the negativity in one's body. Absolutely. Yeah. Some of the things you talk about is um, for yourself, I know you struggle with some addictions there from some binge eating. Tell us about how yoga actually helps you with that. Yeah. So I'm now in my mid forties. And when I was in my mid twenties, which is kind of an unusual time to develop an eating disorder, but nonetheless, I did develop a binge eating disorder. And one of the things that was triggering for me that I later learned through Mm -hmm. my practice and study of yoga was my inner dialogue. So Mm -hmm. if you were to just sit and close your eyes and notice the running dialogue in your head, um, It has a personality. It has a flavor. And if you can begin to be aware of it, you can then learn to change it. 
So my inner dialogue was extremely self-critical and judging and negative. And it was those when I could see the thoughts that I was directing towards myself that were really quite ugly and hateful and then learn to switch the narrative. Mm-hmm. I became much more accepting of myself, which was ironically the key to then making healthier shifts in my life and, and starting to heal from my disorder. Wow, that's great. Yeah, it's, it's, it, the people who listen to James Miller Lifeology for a long time know that I talk about the inner dialogue, that, that negative self-talk or that these, even the core beliefs that come out. If we really listen to what what we're saying, it really gives us a huge insight into how we really view ourselves, how we really perceive ourselves, either in that particular situation or as right. a whole. And sometimes it's really surprising because we can think, oh my gosh, you know, my life is great. You know, my self-esteem is this. But when we really listen to what we're thinking, it's like, oh, I did not see that coming. <laughs> exactly. And I think the yoga practice and the tools it offers us help us go inward and first cultivate the self-awareness and then create tools to to change it so that we can move forward in a healthier, happier way. You know, one of the things that I do with yoga, and of course, you're, you're obviously more the expert than I am, but for me, when I do yoga, if I'm in a certain pose and, well, first off, I have to be careful because sometimes I'm very competitive. And so I'll be like, <laughs> I'm going to do this pose better than anybody else. And, and clearly, I usually don't. But, <laughs> so I have to put my own ego aside because the competitive nature of me um, really comes out. So <laughs> that is a side I'm sharing with everybody right now but when I let that go and I'm trying to do a pose and it's funny because there are certain times with I realize if I'm holding a pose all of a sudden I may get like this bout of anger that just comes up and I'm like you know obviously I'm maybe frustrated with myself or just annoyed with the person in front of me who's sweating on me whatever it may be but when I really stop and say well wait a minute that emotion is totally not it's it seems disproportionate to what I'm experiencing. So maybe that's something I've been holding on to that I didn't realize. So that's one thing I realized. If if the emotion is disproportionate to what I'm experiencing, I really stop and say, wait a minute, that is not even what is relevant right now. So perhaps, or perhaps that's the emotion I've been experiencing, didn't even realize. And so for me, I say, okay, well, I have been experiencing anger. What am I going to do with that anger? And so that's how I learn to release it. Or if I'm feeling, you know, just really sad all of a sudden, I, that's, I really allow the yoga poses to really shed light on what I'm experiencing. And then that gives me the ability to let go of it. So, I mean, obviously you know this, but I think many people don't realize how powerful yoga is to bring up information or bring up emotions that we didn't even realize we were experiencing. Incredible. I think that's so true. And I'll often talk to my students and say, you know, what's coming up for you on your yoga mat is an opportunity for you to observe. Yes. Okay. So you're reactive. You may be swearing at me in your head <laughs> in care pose for 15 breaths. <laughs> what do you do with that? Can you re- respond more skillfully instead of just react? Yes. And it's an opportunity. Yes, because I think if you don't if you don't take that opportunity, then after yoga, you you what do you do with all that emotion? You either you know kind of sweated it out, or um, you may have experienced it, but you didn't really release it. And I think that's the difficulty that many people don't realize is that it's a wonderful opportunity that they have that they haven't taken advantage of. Right. Absolutely. So that's where there's the opportunity to see yoga as more than just physical practice, but as practice for life. Yes, exactly. You know, one of the things with yoga itself, you know, I think that there, well, let me back up. There are actually many different versions of yoga. What, why do you think that there are so many different versions and so many people say, well, this one's best for me and this one's best for me. 
I think yoga originated, you know, as we know in India 5,000 years ago, mm-hmm. as a way for people who wanted to meditate, which was really what was considered yoga, to release tension, agitation in the body. There are a lot of methods you can do that. So I think I actually love the fact that there are so many different physical types of practice. You can learn to do yoga in a chair and still get all the benefits. Sure. You can do a Bikram class or a vinyasa class, which I think is what you practice now mm-hmm. and is what you teach. And I, I love the variety. So it, what that says to me is that there's something out there for everyone. Yeah really a big tent practice. Yeah. And I really like how you say that because, you know, some people aren't, aren't able to, you know, sit in a room for, that's 105 degrees, 110 degrees for, for Bikram for 90 minutes. I mean, I know for me, I'm like, oh my gosh, especially here in Florida when it feels like the humidity is even higher in the room. Right. Yeah. I don't necessarily like Bikram down here in Florida, but the, there are different versions of yoga, like the vinyasa that I do that I absolutely love. It moves me in such a way and releases so much tension for me. And so actually you and I were talking in the virtual green room about how I've not done yoga in about a month and a half. And so I definitely need to get back into yoga. So after this, um, after this call today, I'm definitely going to sign up for one of my classes. So I'm really I'm looking so forward glad. to that. <laughs> I know. And I may, I may message you and be like, oh my gosh, Cindy, I have all this rage that just came up. So <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> and I'll say, James, don't wait another month and a half. I know. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That is so funny. So what's next for you, Cindy? I am not looking to do, um, someone asked me recently, do you have another book planned? I really don't. What Mm -hmm. I want to do is continue to refine my own practice and then continue to teach. It really is the joy of my life and my passion to be able to share the beauty of yoga with so many people. So I'm looking to just connect with people, teach people, keep preaching the power of yoga. And it's just my biggest joy to see people start to transform through it. You know, when you're, and that's great to hear. That's, I'm so glad to hear that. And when you ever teach, uh, when you teach beginning yoga, how do you really help them connect all this together, their breath, their feelings, their thoughts, the poses? How do you help them just have that awareness, that, that awakening? Yeah, it happens gradually. So there's a repetition involved for sure. You can't go to a beginning class and then think you've got all of it nailed. Mm -hmm. You know, it takes a while to begin to match breath to movement. It takes a while to begin to draw the energy inward, especially in modern times. We're so focused on everything around us. There's so much to look at and peruse 24 seven. So I, I think it's repetition and it's teaching people to be kind and patient with themselves and talking about the larger meaning of yoga while they're on the mat, taking their first downward facing dog or whatever the pose may be. And I do think that's true because well, first off, if people have never done yoga before, they have no idea what they're even doing. So they will be looking all around. And so there really isn't that connection of oh, I feel a certain something uh, because they're just trying to make sure that they have the pose right. So I agree with you. So I would really want people who do perhaps do start yoga after hearing this this episode here to realize that it will take some time for you to link all that together because at first, if you've never done it, you have no idea what the poses even look like. And so, you, of course, you're going to be looking all around, probably not going to have as much inner awareness as you, as you will have the longer you do it. So definitely stick with it. And the longer you do it, the more health benefits you're going to see. Absolutely. Well said. Well, Cindy Warren, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on my show today. If my listeners would like to find out more information about you and all the amazing things that you're doing, where would they find this information online? 
They can go to my website, which is www.yoga8, the number eight book, yoga8book.com. The book Radiate by Cindy Warren is on Amazon. And anyone's welcome to hit me up on Facebook or Instagram. I always love talking to people about yoga. Wonderful. So Cindy, what my listeners know that I do as well is I also will put any of the books that are that are on Amazon, I'll put them in the store at jamesmillerlifeology.com. So if my listeners aren't able to find it anyplace else, simply go to my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com. And in the store there, you will find your book, Radiate. It's R-A-D-I, the number eight, using the practice of yoga to cultivate your inner shine. And that link there will connect them directly to Amazon. Cindy Warren, thank you so much for being an amazing guest on my show today. I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much, James. I also want to thank you, the listener, for tuning in today. Please subscribe to this radio show through whichever portal you joined with us today, or please go to my website where you may sign up for my free newsletter, watch my YouTube episodes, read the articles I've written specifically for you, or you may enroll in the Lifeology Academy where you can take self-directed courses which will help you simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. If you'd like to personally work with me, be a guest on or advertise on this show, simply visit jamesmillerlifeology.com. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M. Lifeology. Once again, thank you so much for your support and I'll talk to you soon.